All right, well, welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And joining me virtually today in a seriously socially distant uh, uh, whatever is uh, Pastor Aaron White. Aaron, welcome back to our podcast. Hi, Kevin. It's great, 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 great to be with you again. And I mean that. That's numerous greats from the heart. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now because you were in Janesville, Wisconsin. And then you decided mm-hmm. to leave the will of God, and um, now you're up in up in Minnesota. Since I mean, you've you've been a frequent guest here, um, so tell us a little bit what what's going on in your life right now. <laughs> well, I uh, it was a bittersweet departure, but I, I love Janesville and love River Hills specifically. Uh, good gospel centered church, but God opened the door and called us back to our our home base where we're from here in the Minneapolis metro area and to a a, an established church here where I'm now the pastor for teaching and training. Yeah, we are living close to family and, and close to my, my best friend, Jacob, who's planting a church and uh, a number of doors of, of opportunity to preach the gospel have already opened here and for he and I both. So it's just going from a good church to a good church is a good thing. Yeah. So we're, we feel very blessed and very, very thankful. Um, so we're just getting settled in, but it, it's been really good. But I, I miss you, Kevin. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Was it, was it something I said or did? Did I not have you on the program enough? Or um, It was the constant demands for free books and the pinching. There's always a lot of pinching. And so there were numerous reasons to, to get out of your vicinity. But I think this will work virtually. It's fine. Yeah, I, I guess you don't have to worry about me dropping by and looking for a book now. Um, but I do yeah. have family in that area. So oh, good. There was a couple of times where you, when I was in Janesville, where you drove by my house and and berated me for more free books. Yes. So I don't think you're going to be able to do that now, but if you have family in the area, I'll just kind of brace myself. And I'll, so, you know what? Actually, I'll just give them uh, copies of Joel Olstein's books and have them mail that back to you. Yeah, that's not going to work. Um, I was just thinking if you could just have a pile of books by the door, just in case I happen to drop by. <laughs> Fair enough. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about books because you've you've just recently uh, you're 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 published a new book that'll be out uh, by the time this airs. It'll be out already, um, and it's a, it's a book on marriage. It's it's entitled "Man Up, Kneel Down," which I I, I like just that the cadence of that title is pretty cool. Um, I, I guess when I first saw this, I I, I have to ask, um, and we're gonna get the silliness out here first, but. How did, what was it like to have a conversation with your wife and telling her, I'm writing a book about how to treat your wife? Well, there's no silliness in that. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's very true. You know, I went to her and said, babe, I, I have a burden to write this book, but I, <laughs> it behooves me to get your blessing and your insight. And, and so I got her blessing to kind of pursue the project. And then when I had the manuscript, the rough manuscript done before it went to editing, you know, I had her read through it and just make comments and talk to me. And she was very, if you know my wife, Tiny, she's very gracious, yeah. very gospel centered. Um, and so it was really a joint project that I, I really truly had her blessing to, to print it. And, you know, in the book and the preface, give the caveat that this isn't a, a how to book for the perfect marriage. And it's certainly not coming from a perfect author, but Tanya and I have been blessed by God's grace. And that's not a throwaway statement, truly Yeah, by his grace with a joyful marriage. And so it was, it was good. It, w- it was good to get some feedback from her on uh, perhaps how a wife 
could be helped more by certain things that I could say or how I could say it. And so it was, it was really good. It was, it was fun. If I could say that. Well, I, I could just think of that conversation with my wife and I'm pretty sure she would hit me in the head with several books that I would have to read first. About <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I mentioned the title is it, it, pretty cool, but the subtitle I think is even better. Uh, so it's man up, kneel down, shepherding your wife toward greater joy in Jesus. And what I like about that title is, and I, I want you to kind of elaborate on this, and I haven't actually read the book because I didn't get an advanced copy for some reason. So uh, Amazon has me uh, getting my copy when it's released, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll hash that out later. But shepherding your wife toward a greater joy in Jesus. So in other words, I'm assuming the goal of this book is not to fix your wife. The goal is not to have a better wife by Friday. Uh, to paraphrase another popular work. Um, but you, the goal is not selfish, but I want to lead my, my wife to a greater relationship and therefore a greater joy in Jesus. Honestly, there were a few. Well, first of all, you're right. And I don't like to say that to you too much, Giga Big Head, but <laughs> you're right. Um, there were a few different tributaries kind of adding to the thrust of the project. And so unequivocally, no, it's not a, a project for your wife to, to make her a better, better version like you're her personal Holy Spirit or something. No, but it was born out of over 10 years of just pastoral counseling, you know, discipleship with a lot of guys and, and just my own sanctification in marriage. And a lot of those conversations on meeting with guys who truly love the Lord, they love Jesus. You know, a lot of them are reading good doctrine. They're getting, they're being fed good doctrine. Uh, the many, when it comes to the practical, practical application of the gospel, um, either we're not discipled or have a broken home or a bad example or, or just feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I just wanted to be helpful to, to guys like that because I resonate with those guys. I am one of those guys. And so I wanted to write a book that was doctrinally sound, gospel-centered, but pastorally winsome and, and like a brother coming alongside. I mean, there are areas that are kind of funny and kind of pithy. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, like each chapter closes with, here's the main point. Yeah. Here are three things you need to know. You know, and here's a prayer to pray over your wife, and here are some discussion questions. And so it's it's a good read for an individual guy, either getting married or already married or been married for many years. Yeah. Um, or it could also be used for a small group of guys as well, you know, just to work through. So it's not a how-to manual. It What's undergirding it is truly Christian hedonism, that if, if I have my greatest delight in seeing Jesus exalted and that joy is expanded by sharing it with others it would seem that ephesians 5 to love my, my wife as christ love the church that the first you know vessel that i would pour my joy into uh, would be my spouse who is a co-heir of the grace of life with me um, that god would be glorified in manifold ways in our marriage and and also if you read some of the puritan writings richard baxter specifically and there's a really good book um, probably better than mine <laughs> by Dave Harvey called when sinners say I do yes. uh, also produced by my publisher shepherd press brother Harvey just, he did a great job in that book. It's, it's different from my book and it's thrust, but the closing chapter was really helpful. And yeah. he quotes some of the Puritans in that. And it's when sinners say goodbye and it's, you know, seeing your spouse with an eternal viewpoint that right. not knowing the will of God, but very likely I or she will have to help the other die. And are we preparing one another well to meet the Lord who is holy? 
And so there was just <clears throat> there was a number of tributaries running into the production of the book and the motivation behind it. Um, so I think that answers your question. I hope. Maybe. Maybe. You know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I thrive I, on I thrive on ambiguity as much as I can. I find it. I, you mentioned um, the Dave Harvey book. I think it's a great book. Right? That's a book I just recently walked through with a couple that were uh, just recently married, and uh, we did the, the premarital counseling with that book. It was great. And but the difference between that book and this book is this book is directed toward guys. This is directed toward men. Yep. And uh, yep. You, you make that a point. It's it's um, you talk about masculinity. And you're happy that, you know, Walmart selling beard oil. Um, hey, I but, literally just bought beard butter from Walmart last yeah. night. And it, yeah, and it works. You know, I've never used it and I feel like I'm not quite fully reformed until I jump on that, that bandwagon. But I, I haven't. You have a wonderful goatee, but it doesn't connect to your sideburns. So you're yeah. like a, you're like a semi-Pelagian. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. That's, that's, you know, I didn't come here to be made sportive. I, I don't know. Uh, what, I'm sorry. This, I, I, this I, is turning ugly now. Don't buy this book. Okay. You knew it um, would go this way. I'm surprised we made it this far. <laughs> uh, but uh, why did you, why did you write this uh, specifically toward men because it seems like in, in this culture that's almost a dangerous idea the idea that um, the complementarian idea that men should be leaders in the home and not merely uh, a passive uh, bystander but you're writing this toward men because and, and I and I would agree with you biblically that that the male is to to be a leader not a, a tyrant but certainly a leader no you're absolutely right Kevin, um, part of the motivation, and I mean, even some of the, the subheadings in the chapters, like don't let chivalry die on your watch and, and different things. It was not, not to be provocative for the sake of being provocative, yeah. but just sometimes when truth is at a premium, when, when morals are increasingly relative, when, um, you know, sometimes bold and clear statements are helpful just yeah. to clear the fog. It's, it's sometimes the most loving thing you can do. And so, at a time when I'm, I've got five children and four of those are boys. Age at, at this, at this recording, they are 11, eight, seven, and one. But one day they'll be in their teens and twenties. Yeah. So for my own posterity's sake, um, I'm looking at the cultural moment, going, okay, we're seeing the feminization of men. We're seeing um, the demonizing of anything chivalrous. And so it's not that I'm calling for men to, to achieve salvation through morality or through good manners. That's not it. But if I were to say to a man who loves the Lord, you know, scripture comes to you in Ephesians 5, it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah. And he says, how do I do that? Well, there's, I think there's a number of ways that the gospel moves us to be biblical men, which is like you said, not to be a tyrant, not to lord over them. First Peter three, if Ephesians five, these passages are very clear that we are to shepherd and to care and to nurture and protect and primarily taking care of their, their souls, you know? Um, so no, heavy handed tyrants, authoritarianism is nowhere seen in scripture and nowhere in my book, but Lord willing, a healthy, masculine, uh, brave Christ-centered manhood will come through because that's what I see in Christ. That's what I see in scripture. And that's what I want for my life and for my boys. Yeah. So uh, 
I'm curious, having, having just, uh, I, I don't typically, people don't typically come to me for marriage advice for some reason, I don't know. Um, but I, I just uh, recently married a couple, actually up, up in your neck of the woods, up in, uh, up in Minnesota. And uh, I'll be going there again, check on them later. Uh, that's when you can have those free books for me. I'll, but, I'll put a box in them. <laughs> um, I, so I'm, I'm kind of curious, what advice do you, do you give to men who are at that point where they're, they're engaged, they, they've, they found women that they believe that the Lord has led them to, what are the steps they should be doing even before marriage to prepare them to begin shepherding their wives? Well, I would, we kind of touched on it briefly before, but the book it is geared for, you know, man up, kneel down, shepherding your wife toward greater joy in Jesus. So clearly aimed at men who are currently married. And that may be, they've been married for a month. They've been married for four, four, four or five decades. But I think it's also a great opportunity for dads to take young men perhaps that are in their teens through yeah. um, to be preparing them. I, I don't see any grounds for recreational dating in scripture. And so to kind of get that in their brains ahead of time, of what is God calling me to is calling me to biblical manhood and part of biblical manhood for, for most, not all, but most will be being a, a godly husband. Right. And it's a great way for dads to say, this is what I, I want for your life. This is what God wants for your life. And this is what I want for mine. And you can, you can hold daddy accountable to this as well, that I would, that I would love mama well, and that I would model this for you well. And um, so I would encourage guys to fold young men into this, fold them into your small group. Dads, use it with your sons. You know, maybe not when they're five, but certainly when they're 15. Sure. Well, even at five, I mean, you know, there, there are certain principles you can start instilling. Uh, again, oh, absolutely. Walk them through the book, but um, for sure you're already preparing them by, if, if, if only by example. Absolutely. So uh, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit and, and take this from a different direction. Uh, what advice do you have to the husband who, man, he's blown it. He hasn't been the shepherd he needs to be. And uh, maybe the, even the marriage is in trouble, uh, but he's picking up your book. He's like, all right, you know what? I, I've been convicted about this. The Lord has grabbed my heart. I'm, I'm repenting of my sin of not being the person I should be. Um, is, is there hope for that person? Apart from Jesus Christ, no. But in Jesus Christ and his gospel, absolutely. And so the advice for that man uh, would be the same for the man who is fighting lust or has gone through a season of neglecting his household in, in various ways. And so the call would be to repent and believe afresh uh, or another way to say it. And I've, I'm borrowing this from a friend who I think borrowed it from another person. It's one of those phrases that gets kicked around. Right. It's always safe to say that it probably came from Augustine. So <laughs> we'll just, we'll just say that. Although I, I really doubt it, but it's just a simple phrase and it applies to seasons where we've gotten off track in our leadership of our children or loving our wives or you know, giving excellence at work, anything that we need to repent of is begin again. Just begin again. You know, instead of wallowing in self-pity and shame, take your sin to the Lord and to those that you've wounded and lay hold of the promises of God and begin again. Hmm. And because of the gospel, we can do that. And so I would say to the man who says, well, I'd love to read this book, but I'm too far gone. That That's really bad theology. Yeah. That, 
repent, believe the promises of the gospel, uh, and begin again. From a pastoral perspective, where do you think most men get this wrong? What do you think that they um, just aren't getting that you wish they would? Uh, it, it's, a, it's easy to moralize my response. Yeah. But, but obviously, the gospel comes with moral imperatives, and so it's inescapable. But I think at a high level, and, I, and I'm not immune from this, you know, so if guys are listening thinking, you know, who, who, who does this guy think he is? I, I'm with you, so I've learned by painful experience. But I think we stray from the gospel personally. Yeah. And when we stray from the gospel, it affects our families. And that's at a, just a very high level, at a, at a like street level. Um, a lot of it's rooted in our own hearts, that when I become um, selfish with my time and my resources and my, my focus and my, my energy, my affections, um, you know, so a lot of it is just personal repentance and, and laying hold of the gospel daily yeah. as men. But there's also the intentionality yeah. of, you know, a lot of guys will go and spend time with other guys and even disciple other guys. And they, um, and praise God, they might think of ways to disciple their children and be proactive dads. And that's wonderful. So it's a both and, but how much time do we spend thinking, how can I proactively not wine and dine my wife? I mean, if you don't spend any time pouring into her and then all of a sudden show up with roses, it's almost awkward. Yeah. But how do I consistently day to day see her as a wife? And as Peter says, a co-heir of the grace of life. Yeah. And how do I fight for her joy in Christ? How do I, you know, share my joy in Christ with her and see her run the race well? Because if I nurture her soul, so many other things come into alignment that if she knows that I am for her, that I'm for her joy in Christ, that builds a trust that flows into the bedroom, for example, and flows into financial decisions. And so it's not that you're doing it for that, but that, that seems to be an overflow that if, she knows I am for her joy in Jesus, and I want to see her grow and run the race well. Yeah. Um, it builds a trust that just flows into a million tributaries of your life together. So this is an active thing, not a passive thing. That's very it's passive in the sense of you know believing and having faith in the promises of the gospel first. Don't just jump in and put your boots on. But it's active in the sense of, after you get your mind steadied on the gospel and the supremacy of Christ, then it's very intentional. Um, well, like the subtitle says, to shepherd your wife toward greater joy in Jesus. So shepherding is not, you know, not a, a boot camp sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shepherd. It's intentional. It's watchful. It's, it's wise and winsome. Shepherding your wife, so this isn't necessarily trying to shepherd other people's wives, but it's your wife that God has given to you, toward, what's the aim? Um, like you said before, it's not toward being a model wife, it's toward greater joy in Jesus, and that's her joy and, by default, your joy. And All right, I've got a final question you. for you that oh boy. I'm kind of curious about. Again, going back to famous quotes from Augustine, um, you know, that it's been said that whenever you're pointing your finger at somebody, you've got three pointing back at yourself. It must be a, a humbling experience to write a book like this. Um, uh, because as you said, you're, uh, you're, you're a pretty humble guy, um, for the most part. 
Um, but uh, as you're writing this, I'm sure you are thinking, man, am I doing this? How, how, how humbling was this for you, this, this project for you personally? Well, it was very humbling. Um, I mean, on the one hand, by God's grace, um, it wasn't that I was not doing any of these things. I thought, yeah. well, if I write a book, maybe that'll motivate me to do these things. Mm. I mean, that would be, that'd be hypocritical. You know, so I can, I can confidently say, by God's grace, a lot of these things take place in our marriage. You know, I, we pray together. We communicate. We share books. We, you know, we're for one another. Um, and, and that has indeed brought a, a tremendous grace into a lot of different areas of our lives, both intimate and financial and relational and all those things. Um, but there's also the challenge of, you know, am I consistently fighting for her joy in Christ? Or if there is a misunderstanding or if there is a miscommunication, uh, when you have this book out there, it immediately pops up in your brain and says, okay, Aaron, Christian, pastor, author, <laughs> you know, are you shepherding your wife to a greater joy in Jesus? So it, it is a wonderful accountability tool. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want it to be a weapon of the law to just bludgeon you over the head, but it, right. it is a good accountability tool and a means that the Lord uses to say, um, if I want to have any integrity and if I want to truly be helpful to other men, I need to keep watch over my own soul lest I disqualify myself. And so yeah. it's been another means of grace in my life, along with preaching and reading the word and other brothers uh, that God has graciously used to, to keep me accountable. And right. so I'm, I'm thankful. It's intimidating, but I'm thankful. And accountability is important because if I were your wife, which I'm glad I'm not for many reasons, um, I'd be tempted to just, you know, in the midst of a discussion, just look at you and say, you know what? Page 35, reread that, you know? Um, oh, yeah, she, I think some of her first words were, I'm so proud of you and I'm going to lord this over you for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and so right. that's, I expect nothing less. Again, the name of the book is Man Up, Kneel Down, Shepherding Your Wife Toward Greater Joy in Jesus. And that is available on Amazon and through Shepherd Press. And we'll have the links to that in our show notes and on our website. So I hope you will get that. Again, by the time this airs, it will be out. So get the book, read the book, use the book. So it is uh, available in Kindle and ebook already. Yes. Um, and the paperback is due out, like you said, around the time of this, this broadcast. So hopefully if you use Kindle or electronic devices, or if you want a paperback, which I am more beholden to, uh, Shepherd Press has done a good job of, of making those available to you. So I, I hope it blesses you, hope it encourages you. And um, I hope that the subtitle indeed comes to fruition in your life, that you would shepherd your wife toward greater joy in Jesus. And if those uh, options don't work for you, um, an audio version will be available. I will give you Aaron's phone number, and he'll just read the book to you over the phone. So, um, oh, in the words of my, in the words of my grandmother, bless your heart, Kevin. <laughs> I appreciate your help. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and and coming back on the podcast. Uh, brother, it's good talking to you, and and God bless you and your listeners as well. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you'll join us back next week. Until then, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org and check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. Mm -hmm.